we try to stay extremely close to the customers, solve their queries with respect to products and operations for whatever they're reaching out. If at all, there is one product which they never liked from our side, from our, our brand, we suggest them the products which we feel are better than us. And that blows the consumer's mind that product computer product suggest But let me let me solve the need for you, right? You have reached out to me, you have spent that five minutes with me. And that's where delight goes to a very different level and it's just not a vertical in the company. That's that's the DNA of the company. Hi guys, welcome to Deconstruct, a podcast where we keep an eye on everything product, tech and startups. Hope you guys are enjoying these podcasts. I'm Ankit and with me is Tejas. Hey Ankit. Hi Tejas. And today we have a really special guest with us, Tarun Sharma. Tarun is a good friend of mine. He's the co-founder at M Caffeine, which is India's first caffeinated personal care brand. Hi Tarun. Hi Ankit. Hi Tejas. Thanks for having me. How are you guys? Surviving the lockdown. <laughs> we all are. We yeah. all are. Yeah. Thanks, Tarun. Thanks for doing this on a Saturday morning in the midst of the lockdown, uh, which has, you know, affected uh, business as usual for uh, all of us. Yes, it certainly has. But I guess there is no concept of weekdays and week- weekends in lockdown, right? So yeah. it's practically the same for us. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, so, Tarun, I think uh, Ankit told me a lot about your journey. Uh, huh. You were a co-founder at Pep Salon. Uh, yeah. in the grooming space and then yeah. you to you know head operations at box it which is in food tech and now mcaffeine which is personal care so pretty disparate uh i would say sectors that you yes. have uh put your hands on so just yes. tell us more about your journey would love to know more right uh i mean for all it's worth it's a it's the most confusing journey you would ever hear to i graduated from indian school of mines in 2011 so Indian School of Mines is a part of IIT conglomerate wherein uh, entered through IITJ. And uh, in Indian School of Mines, I did electrical engineering. So a college specialized for mining and petroleum. You end up doing electrical engineering. And then I took a job in uh, software as a software engineer in HP, the laptop company. So mines, electrical, software. And then I joined food. Uh, box it. So I was the first one to join the team. Uh, the founders were kind enough to give me the opportunity to kind of scale uh, a lot of things from scratch. And I spent around three years in box it. Uh, pretty much did a lot, uh, pretty much did everything apart from managing a couple of functions. So got an opportunity to build a lot of things from scratch. And that's where uh, during my last days or last months of box it, I decided to start something on my own. And that's where I, uh, I along with my partner at MCAFIN, Vikas, uh, we conceptualized a model called OYO for salons, which was PEP salons. So exactly similar to what a OYO would be for hotels, we were for salons. We ran it for around 10 to, 10 to 12 months. Uh, in the first half of our journey, we had around 12 salons. And we quickly realized that aggregation as a model in salons is a far more complex thing uh, as compared to what we have imagined it to be. So aggregation in cabs, aggregation in hotels, aggregation in probably food uh, is much more simpler or has very less attributes to aggregate. 
while in uh, while in salons it's a mix of therapeutic plus hospitality right and it becomes extremely difficult for someone to kind of aggregate it and that's where we decided to take a pivot and we were contemplating on a lot of things and during that course uh, m caffeine was born so in 2016 i, I along with vikas and our four partners we launched m caffeine so that's a short journey pretty confusing minds electrical software food salon and then products so my parents are wondering iske baad kya hoga yeah and uh, i mean we are the podcast is primarily going to talk about your journey at m caffeine but before we do that i think it would be great for our listeners to you know understand the concept of d2c direct to consumer okay and uh, you know it's it's funny how i was having a chat with my friend that i, I was telling him that we are going to have a podcast with you and i said that you know it's a d2c brand he said really uh, you know like there are so many different channels that uh, even uh, you know right. such as you sort of access so i i i you know ankit told me that you know there is a concept called d2c and then there is a concept called quasi d2c uh what are your thoughts about that right ankit is quite bang on on how he explains things but uh, yes I, i agree with you there is we are not a d2c brand we are not completely a d2c brand we call ourselves as a challenger brand so okay. we are challenging the way brands have been built uh, for the past 100 years uh, a direct to consumer brand would be uh, where you are building your own distribution channel as well which is primarily your application or mobile website via which customers can order and you take care of the entire last mile logistics as well so the entire funnel is in your control uh, i can think of bevakuf.com as the only d2c brand in india they don't sell on any third party retailer channel they they do everything on their app and website so that is the closest you can go to d2c in india the rest of us the the brands which you hear about uh, in the past 3 4 years there are a lot of challenger brands which have come up we use uh, we use uh, channels like amazon nike mintra flipkart big box so we are using other distribution channels and hence we are not 100% d2c i mean a part of us is d2c and in that process we at m caffeine what we have figured out is that 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 channel is extremely important but to a certain extent the moment you try to build as a 100% sales channel and you try to own everything uh, that becomes really pricey uh, affair which brand economics doesn't support in the long run so d2c i mean we are a challenger brand a lot of us are challenger brands uh, d2c would mean you serving everything on your channel and only your channel so bevakuf.com you need to if you want uh, you can drill down i can connect you to rapkiran if you want yeah interesting uh, so i think it's a good segue to just uh, talk about you know what led you to build m caffeine and the reason i think that's interesting to know is that yeah. Three four years back, it must have been a pretty bold move because you know the market wasn't. I, I at least in my head that there weren't enough signals for you to be <laughs> really going to investors and saying that I want to build a caffeinated personal care brand. Right. Uh, of course, things are very different right now. But yeah. what was the thought process? Uh, how did you go about thinking about the opportunity? Got it. I, I think uh, this started uh, when we were doing salons. So the idea when when we were aggregating salons was. that we will aggregate to probably a four digit number of salons probably 1000 2000 salons and over and above we will have our own brand of professional products 
which essentially means we are entering into CPG consumer product uh, area. Now, uh, when we were when when we were thinking about the whole vision for Pepsilons, product was an integrate integral part of it. So we started experimenting with uh, some of the products in salons only. So we were developing some shampoos, uh, largely for two things. One was the larger vision, and second was uh, standardizing the whole experience in the uh, in the salons. And we uh, we noticed some really interesting facts about millennials. So uh, what we noticed was, apart from the product, there's an inherent psychological connect which comes out of the product. Yeah. So we were experimenting a couple of things and we realized that the products are not entirely different, but they are perceived as poles apart product. Why does that happen? And then we started talking to a lot of people. Uh, one of the things which excited us uh, was the millennial generation, the new consumption, the new consumption segment of India. And uh, uh, what was striking was that they don't want to use their parents' product as simple as that. And they want, they want brands which resonate with them. Uh, uh, individualistic choices was something which was at the center of the entire decision making for millennials. And when you we were trying to figure out that what exactly is happening in India, everything was changing. There's a new consumption janta which is coming in. The choices are extremely different. The way the brands will need to be incorporated uh, with respect to this this whole consumption data would be very different. Plus, on the sidelines, there was this internet wave, the new channels of distribution, Instagram, YouTube, Amazon, and Flipkart, both respect to marketing and distribution. Everything was coming along, right? Mm-hmm. And we we realized that probably this would be the best time to build a brand in India. And uh, uh, during our research, we we realized that. Uh, 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 there are a lot of brands in India which have played the vanity route. Uh, there are a lot of brands which are playing the sports route, the Ayurveda route. Nobody was playing the proposition route. And when you combine all the factors, we, we could see that's the best time to build a brand. Now, what to build? We had a certain uh, head start in the cosmetology and dermatology areas because we were developing the similar kind of products in salons. So, uh, beauty and personal care become the, became the obvious choice for us. And then when we were researching about how the brand landscape is in India, we realized uh, that 80% of the brands are vanity. Uh, I hate to say that, but uh, you apply this cream, you get a job, you apply this cream, you, uh, you get married. And we realized that this is not something millennials relate to. I think uh, that's what millennials say when they don't want to use certain brands in India. And... Uh, uh, that that uh, that made us believe that there is a need of uh, probably more brands in India. Uh, one of the things which was very striking for us is that there was a wave of Ayurveda and we had this inherent belief that if there is a wave which is so strong, everyone will be Ayurveda. Everyone will be not. So for example, being a natural only product five years back was an achievement. Right now, it is a must. You need to be natural, right? So your whole differentiation of being a natural brand five years back becomes redundant probably in today's world. So we realized that we will be natural. We'll be a clean label brand. We will be a millennial brand, but we need to opt for certain proposition. And that's where caffeine came in picture. So we never invented caffeine or coffee for skin, right? Uh, Caffeine was first 
incorporated in skincare and hair care in the 10th century uh, in Persia. So there was a book called Canon of Medicine uh, in which uh, caffeine is used for your skincare ailment and skin ailments. So we never, we never invented it. We discovered it and we realized that caffeine is a very strong proposition. Obviously, it is great for your skin and hair. There is this immense amount of study which goes back and say that caffeine is great for your hair and skin, uh, cosmetologically, dermatologically. But at the same time, this, this, this proposition has a strong psychological connect as well. Uh, if we would have been meeting in a cafe, we all would have been consuming caffeine. India runs on caffeine, chai, coffee, chocolate, right? So we, we believe that there is a strong psychological connect. There is a strong physiological uh, benefit of caffeine. I guess there are rare combinations where you can find these things happening. So pick up a proposition we can brainstorm. It would either have a strong physiological benefit and very less psychological connect or a strong psychological, but a very less physiological benefit. There was this rare combination of caffeine, which we figured out and hence and caffeine. Wow. That's interesting. That's really interesting of what you said. Uh, you know, which leads me to the next question, Tarun. Uh, what was the initial product which you guys launched? And, you know, I remember you guys giving samples to us in one of the comedy shows in Pawai back in 2016, yep. I think. Yep. So you can probably touch upon what was the initial product and, you know, the customer segment that you were targeting. Was it like face care or body care or hair care? Right. Right. So we, uh, we are not a cosmetic company. So we don't build color cosmetics mm-hmm. and other cosmetic products. We are a... We are a personal care company, which essentially means face care, body care, and hair care. So when we were conceptualizing product, we developed products for two, two products for all these categories. Our first line of products were very simple. Uh, we couldn't figure out why we would give weightage to face care and not body care and hair care and not face care. So we figured out that let's launch, uh, let's be dumb in our approach and launch two, two products each. So we launched a shampoo and a conditioner, a face wash and a face cream. Uh, a body wash and a body butter. So these were the six products. And initially the thought was that, uh, hey, caffeine is, a, caffeine is something which we were trying out for the first time. And uh, we need to gauge how consumers adopt our products. So for good one year, we never launched products. For the first year, we stuck to only six products. We resorted to Amazon and Flipkarts of the world and Nikes of the world to kind of make sure that our products are uh, uh, distributed in the right fashion. Uh, there are different models in Amazon. So we opted for a model where we can get, get consumer feedback. So we started getting consumer feedback. We were very close to the customers. And one thing which we have been doing from day one was uh, the, the customer care number on, uh, on the products is my personal number. So uh, till date, I've been taking a lot of feedback. So having been close to ex- extremely close to the consumers helped us kind of iterate our way from those first six products to where we are right now. But it was very clear for us that we need to be in all three categories to gauge which category is something which will be exciting for a proposition like us and a target audience, which is strictly millennials. 18 to 34 is where we, we target. Uh, I think it's... Uh... The last point is something that I want to touch upon a little more, which is yep. you mentioned that you know 18 to 34 is what you target. Yep. I want to understand how do you define your target users? And uh, while researching for the podcast, uh, what I came across was there's a lot of UGC content, uh, yep. related content on YouTube, Nika, uh, mm-hmm. which have a lot of beauty influencers actually 
using your products and giving reviews yeah. uh, but i saw that you know predominantly those were women and yeah. if i go to your website you know you sort of position your brand as uh, sort of you know beauty has no color or gender it's about you yeah. uh, so you know how do you define your segment and maybe you can touch upon you know what is the mix between the men and women uh, users right so when we define our consumers in our head it is a sensitive male and a confident woman okay. that's the cusp we operate in so we are we are we are not the machos of of the masculine side of things right and neither we are on the right side of things we are on the cusp of a sensitive men uh, if he cries in a movie it's okay to cry in a movie he's a sensitive man men right and a confident woman we imagine our women uh, going to le ladakh trip uh, on a royal enfield right so that's the image we have right and then we try to develop personality traits of those segments and start targeting our relevant people so that's the cusp in that process what we have realized in the past 3 and a half years of operations um, our 70% of customers are female right because uh, so the and 30% are male and these are customers i don't know about consumption you purchasing product for your girlfriend or your sister i don't know and similarly your girlfriend purchasing product for you i don't know right so i i have customers data which says 70% is women and 30% is men what is interesting is that we don't have male grooming products like a beard oil like a mooch wax so this 30% consumption is non male grooming consumption right which essentially gives you a humongous amount of opportunity that men whosoever is purchasing us the that 30% are actually more evolved than the classical male consumer you have in your head the beard ones the mooch ones the gel ones right they are not they are applying body scrubs they are applying body butters they are applying under eye cream right so we are happy that it is 70% women and 30% men because the kind of products we have are not classically uh, male grooming products at the same time when we decide to market our products via a very interesting channel called influencer marketing uh, for all practical purposes this this is a supply and demand game right uh, the the majority of the supply of influencers is women so what you see in the output is a function of supply we have worked with a lot of male influencers uh, largely on instagram uh, so again we keep a certain ratio of influencers with respect to gender uh, but people who are popular people who have a voice in skin care people who are extremely popular on probably youtube and instagram are women so that's that's the they are the key opinion leader and we have worked with uh, some very interesting fitness bloggers very interesting travel bloggers in terms of uh, our male uh, influencer set uh, and they have been there but obviously when you search in the two pages of google or youtube it's all women but on website you rightly said they are a gender neutral brand we keep we are not making a lipstick neither we are making a mooch wax so we are right in the middle making products which is relevant to all the on both the gender sets Cool. Uh, from a competition perspective, I want to talk about because at the time when you guys had launched, Pons had also come out with a men energy charge face wash, right? Yep. If you remember, yeah, had coffee bean extract, yeah, and they had Varun Dhawan as a brand ambassador, brand ambassador, right? So, 
what were you know the core areas apart from let's say targeting the sensitive men what were the core areas in which you thought you could differentiate from you know other personal care brands in the similar space right got it i think the whole differentiation for us is that we are caffeine right hmm. so it's it's m caffeine if you look at the logo there's an apostrophe so in our head it is i am caffeine so when i say individualistic choices as the core of millennial audience uh the in essence uh, our brand speaks about that you might be a superman but i am caffeine i am extremely comfortable in my own identity and that individualism has been embedded across product across communication across our creatives across our marketing and that's how we are we are building a community when we think about uh, competition i mean competition is tiered right in which pyramid set you are talking about uh there are a lot of caffeine based products on the base of the pyramid on the top of the pyramid we lie in exactly in the middle of the pyramid so we are a mastige brand so we are not a mass brand we are not a luxury brand so when we think about mastige which essentially means price per price positioning uh there are a lot of competitors but they are largely brands which have come out from outside of india uh we believe there are enough products with respect to coffee and caffeine on all sides of the pyramid if there is something which on the mass level which is happening there are products around garnier or there are products by other brands which you mentioned i think uh the consumption set for that base of the pyramid is very different from where we are targeted although having said that uh, our our 50% of the sales comes from non top 10 cities of india so for a brand like us there are consumptions happening in uh, in tier 2 and tier 3 but inherently the brand is not uh, incepted or made for a certain kind of audience so we are we are mastige we are we are for millennials there are 40 crore millennials we target x per part of x percentage of those millennials uh, because of because of our mastige positioning and we are happy with that sandbox we're not trying to target 130 and that was the premise we are not going to build a brand for 130 crore people of india we'll make it probably for 15 crores and that's good enough to make a 1000 crore brand in india makes sense uh so let's just probably talk about a little uh, from a product funnel perspective yeah. and uh, would want to understand uh, how do the users typically get to know about m caffeine maybe you could touch upon a little about what are your most promising uh, marketing channels so by far social media is the is the best channel for us right uh, instagram amongst those social media channels uh, we are we are heavy on youtube but instagram is where uh, the max amount of juice is because we are a brand which is more visual in nature we call ourselves digital natural and visual so visual part of it comes uh, very strongly when it comes to platforms like instagram so instagram is definitely by far the best channel for us uh, then comes youtube these are uh, these are the channels with respect to organic traffic and uh, with respect to paid it depends on which kind of platform and which kind of strategy uh, in the funnel we are opting for but in, with respect to organic uh, instagram is the largest and then comes youtube people uh, the product exploration funnel is largely linked to these channels only people explore us on instagram they buy it from our website then they move back to amazon or probably they buy on amazon first and then they come back to other sites so 
multiple cases are happening but largely 95% of our exploration happens via our social media channels and uh, obviously we are present on all the channels with respect to distribution flipkart amazon nike our website so purchase happens uh, on a lot of places uh, but exploration is strictly via our uh, social media channels then we'll continue to kind of build that uh, channel to a very relevant product exploration funnel uh, at scale as well mm-hmm. uh, so that's how we will we will be positioning we'll experiment we are experimenting with a lot of new channels as well not sure how they will pan out but instagram and youtube are certainly uh, one of the best channels for us and uh, it's a boon for brands like us i mean if instagram agar instagram nahi hota it, it would have been very difficult for brands like us to kind of communicate the entire story Correct. to the relevant target audience and hence build that uh, purchase funnel yeah yeah so uh, just wanted to uh, touch upon you know what are the strategies you adopt from moving from you know from moving a user from top of the mind awareness to the first trial because i was talking to you know a couple of friends of mine they said uh, they got to see the instagram ad a lot of times and then they eventually used they eventually purchased it they eventually made a purchase so yep. what are the strategy you adopt from you know from the top of the mind awareness to let's say the first trial of the product got it so we we generally do a lot of remarketing as soon as mm-hmm. we have captured your attention mm-hmm. uh discount is certainly not uh anywhere a part of it yeah so we are not a discount we have very healthy gross we have industry's best in the gross margins it is because uh we we don't believe in discounting we believe discount is a brand killer give an optimum amount of price cut for for x y z reason not for the greed of sales right uh so hence discount is not a big factor we kind of retarget based on your source of traffic your uh, which source essentially means which kind of traffic group or target group you are coming from and then we have retargeting funnels which kind of make sure that we haunt you uh, for the best possible of time and uh, in that time if you convert uh, uh we make a purchase and if you don't we leave it and uh, then we trigger the funnels after x many days which essentially means a new funnel is being created but what we have realized is that there is an immense amount of word of mouth for uh for a brand like m cafe or our product our, our products have been best sellers across category uh, in in all their categories across channels so i believe a large part of it is because of word of mouth and over and above performance marketing and funnels let's build up so uh, word of mouth would certainly be helping in a lot of conversions which is cert- which is obviously not data driven or attributable to something yeah uh, i think the other piece uh, so ankit touched upon uh, the first trial what i want to understand better is that once the user tries out the product are there certain strategies that you adopt to ensure repeat usage we do some so we are we have we have grown we have grown like 16x in the past 12 months right yeah. so uh, for all the right reasons we couldn't focus on a lot of things which uh, obviously should have been in place uh, the funnels which you mention after trial for creating repeat and we haven't created this so we do vanilla campaigns around push notification some sms some email i think uh, we are at 10% of the kind of uh, efforts we need to make 
uh, lockdown is giving us that opportunity to kind of build to kind of build that those funnels. Uh, but as of now, these are vanilla campaigns. For example, we we do a caffeine carnival every month from five to seven uh, of the month. So we celebrate some of the things in that month. There are certain level of uh, discounts. There are certain level of gamification in the whole process. So that's where we call our repeat, uh, all, call our existing users to kind of try out the the marketing campaigns which we are running. If there is a chocolate day, if there is a flash sale happening. So very basic stuff which probably a lot of e-commerce companies would have done in the past and done and dusted kind of stuff. So we opt for that. Uh, uh, go for two events in a month, go for a certain flash sale in a month. And uh, if there is an event, for example, a women's day, celebrate that. So basic stuff of, uh, with respect to the calendar, wherein we uh, reach out to our existing customers and uh, tell them that, Hey, this is happening on our website. Why don't you come back and purchase the products which you need? That's about it. I think, uh, the, is there a possibility of building it uh, in a very sophisticated manner? Yes. And I guess as we speak, my team is working on it. Uh, probably in the next in the next three months or probably in a quarter, we'll be able to build those funnels, which essentially means uh, building journeys of Tejas's purchase and kind of retargeting based on his consumption patterns and personalizing it to a level where I get better out ROIs and better conversions on the kind of efforts I would be making. So long way to go for us on that front. Interesting. Uh, while you have touched upon most of the things. Uh, there's one separate aspect, but related aspect I would want to touch upon, which is, you know, customer delight. And uh, what I mean by that is, uh, you know, once the user tries out a product, and especially considering word of mouth is such an important channel for you, I'm sure, uh, you know, one part is the beauty influencers who sort of spread the word around, uh, you know, how good your product is. But then there are other people who use your product and feel absolutely delighted. Uh, with with the product usage, and they helped it sort of uh, spreading some word around, and you know you enabling that. So any specific uh, things that you have experienced in the past that you might want to share on that? So uh, there are two parts to two parts to it. One is customer delight by the brand, and second is obviously non KOL UGC, which is non influencer UGC, right? So I'll I'll, I'll touch the second part. Uh, we, we run this thing called, if you take a picture with them, caffeine product and post it on social media, uh, we give you the samples of the best sellers, the miniatures. So sampling as a phenomena has helped us really well. We, we kind of, uh, initiate a lot of trials from there. And if, if Breja is putting that post with them, caffeine products, so that's a, that's a organic traction, which is being generated. For that, we compensate with smaller trials, which essentially means uh, I am in I am kind of embedding a couple of more products in your lifestyle, and uh, for which you might come back probably in 15 days' time because samples are miniatures are are of a very low frequency uh, product, right? So that has helped us in develop uh, in building a lot of UGC, and a large part of our non KOL traffic comes from that, and we see we see upwards towards three digit post a day wherein people are posting and reaching out to us, us that, Hey, we have tagged it, tagged you guys in a post, in a story. Uh, what are the samples? Because we, uh, one thing is that we don't disclose what samples will be going. So there's an element of surprise. There is an element of mystery and people reach out to us. Would I get a body, body polishing oil? So that's, 
so we realized that there are certain requests from customer side and if we can incorporate that that adds up to the first part which is delight so essentially post purchase delight is one where we kind of trigger the samples second is we are extremely our largest team is customer connecting we are extremely paranoid about uh, being connected to the consumers i mean i take probably 10 to 12 customers uh, on a daily basis till now uh, because we believe customer feedback or the closeness to the customers can be an extreme level of unfair advantage for a brand i mean unfair advantage can be money uh, a league star customer closeness is the by far the best uh, unfair advantage you can have and till now the largest team the biggest team we have is customer connect team and i personally there's no one in between the leadership personally manages them and all the feedbacks in a certain format comes directly to all the five partners managing different verticals and uh, no questions asked uh, is something which we so the the directive to our customer connect team is don't ask for permission ask for forgiveness so if you have taken a decision for which you would have taken my permission or my partner's permission don't spend that time take that decision if at all it goes wrong i mean uh, ask for forgiveness rather than permission and which has essentially which has essentially created a humongous amount of liberty given the given a lot of liberty to the team which essentially means they put themselves in the customer shoes while they are taking that decision because they need to take that decision right there and we have this cases where yaar uh, main anniversary bhul gaya delhi mein hu gift kit bhijwa do aaj raat mein hai and then my team figures out the best way to add with the gift kit uske ghar mein and i guess uh, anniversary done so uh, our customer connect team is the is is one of the closest uh, one of the biggest asset we have and we try to stay extremely close to the customers solve their queries with respect to products and operations for for whatever they are reaching out if at all there is one product which they never liked from our side from our our brand we suggest them the products which we feel are better than us and that blows the consumer's mind ke acha mujhe aapka product acha nahi laga ab aap mujhe aapke computer ka product suggest kar rahe ho ha aapko mera acha nahi laga uska karan hoga main sahi kar dunga but let me let me solve the need for you right you have reached out to me you have spent that 5 minutes with me uh, xyz ka ye product aap khareed sakte ho uh, we think it's good our r&d tell r&d team tells us it's good and that's where delight goes to a very different level and it's just not a vertical in the company that's that's the dna of the company उटेक्ट first part would be let's say do you see traffic from you know certain geographies coming to you and you're planning to focus on let's say new geographies and customer segment second part would be let's say how do you think about building the breadth and depth in your product line for example building newer variants of the current product or versus a new product line right so can i can i pick up the second first yeah yeah, yeah sure, sure, sure. yeah i think uh, we are a 
challenger brand which is uh, which has a very high obsession for making great products so an online only brand can launch probably 100 products and probably 50 products two variant each 100 sku's and can build a top line that's very easy we are a believer if the brand is to be sustained for the long run you need to have a very high revenue by product density we track that uh, on a quarterly on a monthly basis uh, that what is the revenue by product density for mcafee and for example for other brands other challenger brands we have probably six times better revenue by product density as compared to the other challenger brands and why do i compare this and i i know there are some amazing brands getting built in india with respect to our segment but why we are extremely proud about revenue by product density is that gives you the inherent pull or that that this is the anecdotal data for your brand if you can build a sizable revenue in very limited products that gives you the exposure in the consumer side that means you have immense amount of headroom when you when you launch new categories right so hence the the final outcome whether it's 1000 crores 2000 crores obviously expands for us because we have a we have a certain headroom so we have been always a believer of this philosophy so we uh, right now we have around 22 products of which seven products were launched in december so practically three months old if i cut out the covid area covid uh, uh, time zone now uh, whether we will be launching more products yes whether we will be keeping a very high revenue by product density yes that's the objective and with this objective we'll enter into new categories these categories would be uh, both complementary and supplementary to our existing products essentially we would enter in categories where we believe there has to be one more product to fit in the entire portfolio scheme of face care we will launch that and if there is any other category which is extremely supplementary to what we are building we should be going but we are not in a hurry to launch products every quarter every month to build the top line i think uh, uh, the juice is when you build sizable revenues with very limited excuse that's what the rule has always been uh, so we will enter into new categories but uh, to answer your question uh, we are not a big fan of building variants so either size based variants or either some color perfume twist in and building five face washes i think uh, we are not a big believer we are a we are a sharp brand we are a extremely differentiated brand we are a consolidated brand with respect to distribution and products so we'll like to stay the same if we have a face wash uh, for oily skin we'll have a face wash for dry skin but do we have five face washes for dry skin and five face wash no we're not going to do that probably over time if the consumers demand something uh, 24 months down the line we might think about it but as of now we are very clear build a product build a good product reject 100 products build one good product Uh, make it work, and uh, that's how that that would be the course of action for us in future as well. Uh, and by the way, we have never discontinued a product in M Cafe ever. So uh, generally, you see a lot of brands uh, discontinuing, which is the right thing. If the product is not working, discontinue it. We have never discontinued, and that speaks uh, for our product expression. Now coming to the the first question, which was geography and customer. Sorry, 
just wanted to uh, ask you what would let's say revenue by product density mean so for example and, if you are a 100 crore company yeah and in that 100 crore of revenue you from day one to day last you had started with three products and now you are 15 products so you have launched 12 more products essentially you are a 15 product company of which sales contribute to close to about 100 crores so basic math 100 divided by 15 so mera jo ratio aa raha hai wo kya hai so it can be when i started i, I had 10 products and i had probably 10 crore ka sale and now i am 100 crore ka sale and i have launched 70 new products so my entire growth is driven by my new launches and my exist my my older products are getting killed somewhere so so that's the that we think is the mark of of a solid brand and a solid product adoption so revenue divided by the total products you have and you can do the nuances wherein you can you can you can chuck off the products which are launched this month if you are calculating this number this month the products which have been launched this month will not be contributing anything and it would be unfair to kind of include them but you can you can have products which are have which have started contributing to your revenue uh so tarun that actually means that uh, there is limited product cannibalization right uh, like for us or, yes so some product variants are not eating up the sales of the others because yeah, yeah. in order so, to maintain the same revenue per uh, product density i think uh, that uh, would be uh, definitely be the case correct right so cannibalization happens two ways when you have when you have two two products for the same audience hmm. that's where cannibalization would happen right if i'm targeting you and you are one customer and i'm targeting with you two products you will accept only one so yeah. we have two face washes one for dry skin and one for oily skin i think two different audiences right so cannibalization is not a factor which would come in uh, obviously cannibalization is something which we don't think about uh, when uh, we calculate this number because inherently we are developing one product for a single tar- target audience so if there is a face mask one would be for oily skin one would be for dry skin so essentially i'm targeting to two different audiences So yeah, uh, you were uh, uh, touching upon the first part, which was the certain geographies which which you guys are in, and you you guys are, are are you guys planning to scale up to other geographies, and what are your scale up plans with respect to that? Right. So we are a hundred percent digital brand. We don't have any sales offline, and uh, which essentially means we have the capability to service all the pin codes, right? Uh, we have a very robust logistic integration with. pretty much everyone in the market uh use the best of the logistics player across tiers tier 1 tier 2 tier 3 so uh we have the capability to fulfill those demand right uh now uh is geographical expansion is something which is uh which is a thought after plan i don't think so i think uh, i think uh, uh, geography is redundant for us if order comes from luxuries we will deliver it but how would a lot order come from lakshdeep is something which we need to think about right so it becomes a marketing question for us now uh, what we have seen is uh, influencer works uh, works really well with respect to uh, with respect to kind of uh, triggering one geography so to say right so if if we are working with some vernacular influencers in a certain language we know there would be a certain level of demand 
now whether that demand needs to be fulfilled by amazon nike flipkart us that is something which we take a call on largely it happens via us and uh, that's where we can plug in a geography but uh, we believe uh, we haven't built a solid engine there so the entire geographical distribution data which we receive for consumption uh, is, is around 50% year 2 and year 3 has happened on its own because of internet's penetration rather than ours so we have been uh, we have been on the internet with certain kols and certain target groups those target groups have distributed following and that's where we have been we have been fortunate enough to ride that wave but over time uh, what we think is what we will build which we call in, uh, internally is a geographical attribution model so can i attribute geography to some of my marketing efforts which essentially is a classical digital marketing thing but we'll be doing it as of now uh, all the cross geography we are serving 14000 pin codes etc etc with respect to customer segment uh, i think uh, our 92% consumption happens from uh, 18 to 34 so we are kind of and we have served only million customers right so uh, when i do the data it's it's a fraction of what we can do so we'll continue to stay really focused on 18 to 34 with certain persona sets which are working for us certain persona sets which are not working for us we'll try to see why they are not working for us which are working for us we'll try to expand so classical pyramid incremental approach uh so let's move on and switch gear from scaling to maybe logistical distribution and we yep. have already you know touched upon uh, how uh, channels such as amazon nike and flipkart are like relevant for you uh, yep. as a as a you know challenger brand but like in in general i want to understand better like how hard is it to scale uh, manufacturing retailing and distribution for a for a brand such as yours especially you know uh, in comparison to some of these very well established brands and you coming out there you know 3 years uh, uh, you know into the market and trying to really make a mark right i guess uh, three areas uh, procurement production and logistics mm-hmm. which is warehousing and supply chain right yeah i think uh, procurement is fairly sorted in india there is enough uh, if you choose a certain kind of packaging uh, you have 10 types of vendors whether it's indian or chinese if it is coming from china you have certain uh, distributors which closely work with chinese vendors so that part of it is sorted Uh, it's just that uh, or across these three segments procurement production and supply chain uh, if it is data driven which is for us it becomes extremely simple for for the team to execute so we have approached the entire uh, the entire segment with a database approach wherein on ground things are relatively easy with respect to pro- procurement uh on ground things are not uh uh easy with respect to production production is a very uh, it's a it's a sophisticated task we are making a product which is going to get applied on uh on the consumer's face or somebody's skin so that is where we have uh, we have built immense amount of capability by uh deploying some industry professionals so we have uh, we have two advisors 
uh, on our board uh, who come from Unilever. They have spent more than 18 years each in Unilever. So they have seen a lot in Unilever and they were the head of their respective departments. So with their help, we have developed those checklists, testing mechanisms, manufacturing mechanisms, uh, right from the time ingredient enters the production unit till the time product comes out from that production unit as a finished product to our warehouses. So we have, uh, we have close to about 37 checklists in this sector wherein we try to establish the product is the world-class product with respect to the final concoction made within world-class uh, with world-class guidelines and within world-class uh, facilities and comes out to be a product which which is safer than a lot of variants probably uh, made otherwise so we take uh, extreme level of uh, uh, we, we, have, we have kind of scaled that up uh, with a lot of effort in the first half of our, uh, our journey in and caffeine has uh, made us spent a lot of time there with the help of industry veterans. We were, we were definitely not the ones who were doing it uh, for all our lifetime, but we have definitely uh, deployed those resources in the company. Uh, but again, everything is data driven, we churn uh, subjective and objective data, both at the back end. On the third part, sup uh, supply chain and logistics, that's fairly sorted. I guess, uh, uh, I come from a background where I need to deliver a food in 30 minutes. So the kind of operational complexities, uh, I can get angry if my food is late. So we have run operations with a fair, uh, with a very good NPS score in box eight. So, uh, our DNA is largely operation. So warehousing logistics is something which we don't think is, uh, comes really heavy on us. Uh, we have a central warehouse in Vasai. We have to go downs. Uh, we have B2B logistics integration uh, happening and uh, we have all the D2C player, B2C uh, logistics like delivery, Blue Dart, Express, these all integrated in our system. Uh, there's enough logic which has been built in the back end to kind of make sure that we are choosing the right logistics partner for the right pin code, for, for the right SLAs. Uh, so that is something which uh, essentially has never been, uh, ha we never had a challenge there because uh, some of my teammates are also from boxing so, or have seen that ecosystem and uh, having run those 40 odd outlets with a 30 minute delivery timeline, I think that part is really easy for us. Production is where we spent a lot of time and we are, uh, we are extremely sophisticated there right now. Uh, procurement is easy, but everything which is binding to all this thing is data. We have, uh, we have like seven modules running on the backend, wherein more data makes them more efficient better and those data engines kind of give you the final output what to procure when to procure uh, from which vendor to procure at what price to procure uh, what to make when to make what are the shelf life etc etc again coming from this and logistics which i told you where which delivery partner which pin code which part uh, pin code not to serve which delivery partner which needs to be listed which needs to go up, go up in the logic everything data driven so uh, the second largest team in the company after customer connect is data analytics. So uh, we, we, we tell our investors that we, we think challenger brands are a new way of building a brand, both respect to the emotional connect and the way brands and operations and execution uh, would have been happening. Extremely data driven. If we are, a, we are a D2C brand or a digital brand, immense amount of data, crunch that, build insights, 
the decision making quality goes to a very uh, very different level so uh, you know we've talked a lot about business we've talked a lot about logistics distribution scaling uh, tarun i would like to know you know you might want to tell us about your failures and learnings along this journey so far right that would be really interesting for us to know right what have you learned around let's say marketing or distribution r&d or even in fact personal learnings right along the way you would have had a lot of learnings especially right. to m caffeine yeah uh, honestly one of the first things which i uh which i kind of pushed myself harder was on unlearning some of the things which i learned in boxit and this is the first time i'm telling you or someone boxit uh, founders are investors in the company they have been kind enough to back me right from day one but boxit is a very different business boxit is one of the most uh, difficult operationally right uh, a brand is not that operational heavy brand needs to have very different attitude from the leadership team so there are some things which i had to unlearn and which took a lot of time because my first what do you say uh, the first step of my career or a meaningful career was boxit so uh, it was definitely which was stamped harder than it would have been right now uh, but uh, that was the first thing which i did uh, with respect to failures and learnings on a brand level we had immense amount of failures hame kabhi kabhi lagta hai ke hum karte kya the pehle so that that kind of thought comes in we were like okay we were thinking from that lens uh, i think we have made mistakes in how we had conceptualized the product how we chose on distribution our packaging our packaging was not that great at that point in time uh, we thought it was good and uh, then now when i when i uh, when i think about the choice of the material and how we i guess it was more from a constraint that uh, we were we were uh, we had very limited resources to kind of launch the brand uh, from that perspective yes uh, good decision but uh, obviously there were learnings around packaging that for a digital brand or for a challenger brand ready to for a digital first brand packaging is a great component i guess uh, we learned it the hard way and then we had mr michael foley who is one of the most renowned product designers in india uh, he was the one uh, who did formula 1 trophy so he's up there with respect to uh, the brand identity game is uh, concerned and uh, one of our investors were kind enough to kind of uh, make him agree that for a smaller brand like us uh, he could agree to do that project and the the entire identity which you see right now of mcafi is being built by uh, 4d designs so uh, that was one of the learnings and we took a hard call that uh, whatever the cost is we need to we need to kind of make sure that our packaging is up there and uh, the new packaging has certainly gave us immense amount of results so it looks professional it is more uh, it, it is a very different personality appeal as compared to what it what we had uh, in the first iteration with respect to distribution i think uh, uh, we have learned from the mistakes obviously uh, which we did uh, on some of the channels but i guess that's the part of the learning process we have done a lot of mistakes on our website we have done a lot of mistakes on amazon nike flipkart i think uh, those are that's the normal uh, 
trajectory of learning that's what we believe uh, we never came from digital marketing background or online sales background so we made our fair share of mistakes there and now we uh, i can proudly say that my e-commerce team is something uh, which kicks ass i mean uh, our listings our execution on uh, amazon nike uh, flipkart is bang on i'm happy with the way they are executing with respect to our whole branding and communication we have iterated a lot i guess um, um, uh, again i'm very proud of what we have built as a team uh, the last day's concert is being conceptualized executed by these guys only so we have a uh, we have a average age of our branding and marketing team brand marketing team is 23 and these are young people executing on the top of the game with respect to influencer marketing communication and they they know millennials so it took us some time to build that team it took us some time to build that playbook and uh, not an execution playbook but an emotional playbook wherein now they are kind of killing it on all fronts but obviously in the first year uh we were horrible when we were doing <laughs> that's really honest and really interesting as well uh you know uh, you might also want to tell us about how the company's focus has shift- shifted from when it started to you know where it where it is right now i mean initially you would have wanted like the focus would have been to release the mvp then you know the focus would have been to growth now it is scaling and you might just want to deep dive on it a little further right in the first half of uh, as i said the first half we were making mistakes so if you are a three year old company for the first 18 months we were making mistakes we kind of consolidated ourselves uh, some time back around two years back uh, one and a half years back right and uh, at that point of time we kind of we started stitching things so we were making mistakes probably on all fronts we were learning we started collating everything the right brand identity the right communication the right type of products the right type of distribution channel the right type of everything and we focused on uh, making this stitching more efficient better and stronger so uh, that has lead led to a pivotal change in the company's journey right now what we try to build is this stitched set of uh, for m caffeine is something which we are building on anything on the brand side or anything on the product side uh with respect to with respect to distribution we started focusing on our website more in the second half of the journey and that has kind of changed the game for us uh obviously obviously uh the intent was not to make it a pure pure d2c brand where we will build only our channel but the idea was that i can show my product in the best possible way uh which nobody can because i will be making the website for m caffeine product but a marketplace would be made for probably a million products across categories right so uh with respect to brand association uh this would be my funnel this would be my channel let's build it from that perspective and eventually it became uh, a very large part of our sales so that has been one of the uh, one of the things which we shifted our focus on and then now we continue to focus on on it with respect to product we tend to reject more products now uh, as compared to what we were doing earlier now we have become more obsessed about getting it right getting it right now we have our r&d facilities at a 10x level as compared to what they were 
so the shift the shift has always been i mean the distribution has probably moved linearly to certain x but r&d doesn't move linearly we had to move it exponentially and uh, that's where we are uh, if we used to deploy x efforts or x resources on r&d now we are deploying 10x and we intend to grow it we intend to make it more sophisticated more big uh, so that has been one of the things which as a focus uh, has changed over time we'll continue to keep our ear on the ground which essentially means uh, whatever the pulse of the market or the consumers we need to take it and we need to be extremely agile as a brand to kind of incorporate everything which our consumers demand from us um i think you touched a lot about your failure your learnings uh, if i as let's say this one aspiring entrepreneur who wants to get into building a challenger brand uh, right now maybe post covid let's say uh, would want to want, would want to try out my hands on uh, you know a new category yeah. and uh, would want to maybe learn from your experiences is there like some advice that you would want to give uh, to founders who are looking to get into the space got it i think uh, when you say post covid my my first ring which uh, is in the mind is uh, it has to be online obviously it cannot be offline right because uh, there would be a decent amount of damage which will happen to the offline market uh, having said that uh, if it is if it is post covid pre covid i think uh, one of the most important thing which has helped us is our closeness to consumers if you are building anything i mean you are building a luggage brand you are building a shoes brand you are building a apparel brand cosmetic food i mean what uh, what you can get out of a happy or a not so happy or an agitated customer uh, nobody can tell you no mentor no investor no advisor no teammate that what that that is my honest uh, uh answer to that okay we have figured out some some million dollar problems just by talking to consumers and uh, they have been because consumers are intuitive because they are not they are not developing it they are consuming it so they are extremely intuitive so closeness to the customers matlab farak nahi padta aap 100 crore ki company ho 200 crore ki company ho aap customer se baat karte rehna chahiye because they are evolving if you are close to the customers this one thing which is ensured that if you are smart you will be able to gauge where where the market is going right so that is one uh, second is don't be in a hurry to build it brands are not app downloads so if uh, that might be really harsh and we we tell this in our closed room pitches to our potential investors and board rooms brands are not app download matlab 50 rupees deke download nahi karana right that's that's something would would be detrimental for the brand i think brands take their time there is a breather time in the consumer said after consuming the product there are moments of truth <clears throat> for a brand for a product give that time don't push it hard consumers will push it back to you and the moment consumers start pushing it back to you you would require 10x more money to kind of push them back again nobody wants to do that right so don't be in a hurry don't uh, take take that sweet 18 24 months to kind of build your core base core learnings make mistakes uh, consumers are what is it they're most they're the most genuine creatures they will come back to your 
for if you have done an honest mistake we have done honest mistakes uh, we have retained a large part of the uh, the first set of mcaffeine product customers we have retained them because they knew that okay they they had mistake we are accepting that we made mistakes now there is a better version of who we are give that time give that time to yourself to your team to your your product team execution team branding team iterate figure out whenever you are ready then fire the cylinders no need of raising x million firing cylinders from all front or x gmv y gm nahi hoga usse kuch i think uh, consumers are very smart give them some time uh, don't uh, if you are a food brand you not need to be in their stomach you need to be here and for that you need to give some time and uh, we have been telling ourselves we have been telling our investors and board really really clear uh, we are not going to build this on a treadmill uh, it's not going to be a race of raising x and doing y uh, india is a big country there is enough space for a lot of people the moment a brand is placed in consumer's head it is very difficult for someone to topple me out from there if i am doing the right things with the right intent taking the right time uh, will be there if we are foolish in doing everything will not be there uh, everybody would be doing uh, not a problem for us but don't hurry no customer closeness don't hurry it up uh, obsess be obsessive about your product uh, at the end of the day it's a physical tangible product either they are either they are consuming either they are applying either they are integrating their in, it in your lifestyle in their lifestyles be obsessed about your product because you don't want to end up a digital marketing company building products you need to be a product company using digital marketing itself big difference so these are the three things which we have been telling ourselves and we'll continue to tell ourselves and if somebody is uh, is kind enough to take some advice and i can help somewhere these are the three things which i do i think it takes a tremendous amount of patience and resilience to build what you are building and uh, very very refreshing thoughts i must say because i think ankit that i come from uh, the tra- traditional sort of uh, consumer tech background where it's you know the advice that is given is fail fast uh, but uh, i i i do resonate with what you're saying and uh, makes a lot of sense and uh, very refreshing to hear all of these thank you so much thank you so i think the key takeaway from this podcast would be brands are not get absolutely uh not an essential category so we say it out loud uh nobody wants to scrub when there is a humanitarian crisis right so we have kind of accepted it and uh with that thought uh, we are mentally prepared to kind of make sure that that one side of v which has happened we were on our peak of our so march was supposed to be the highest sales month ever for mcaffeine ever uh, non not diwali not christmas i mean we have we would have beaten all the numbers 
so there is a sudden decline uh, it will not be a sudden up it would be a crawling mechanism so we are mentally prepared for how the next 10 12 months would look like uh with we are more concerned about the the team in general so we we believe that the business will have a recovery i mean people uh, uh, whether it's 3 months 6 months 12 months uh, we will recover i mean we have enough cash in the bank we are we are very prudent we have run things profitably uh, we have one of the one of the best ratios uh, mis mein jo hote hain in the industry so yeah, that's that is not a problem for us we will we'll come back what we are more worried about is our human capital i think work from home for a very young team which is generally and uh, at a party we karna hai saturday ko thoda bahar jana hai they uh, i think work from home is something which uh, we are focused on dealing with our team with respect to uh, their emotional well being and uh, we have been continuously telling them them that we are not taking any measures on the employment front you have been extremely secure uh, we will keep you secure secure and we are here for you uh, our our biggest motto uh, objective is to preserve the human capital which we have for that we have done a lot of things uh, we have on a company level incorporated a, a medical uh, facility of teleconsultation uh, we have partnered with a healthcare uh, startup where you can you can take a doctor's advice 24/7 because you are not coming you cannot go out to meet a doctor right so we are enabling them on that front uh, we are releasing early salaries no payout cut no pay cut uh, because of your leaves in march etc etc we are doing the same in april uh, we are organizing live gigs uh, exclusively for our team uh, music gigs stand up gigs so that they feel ki ha abhi bhi mid party mid week party hoti hai weekend party hoti hai just that they are at home uh, whenever we talk to them we don't talk to them on phone we try to talk to them on uh, video call so that we gauge how, what they are going through if there is something which we can help in if there is something which they require from a family standpoint or from their personal standpoint i guess that has been our biggest uh, objective the entire leadership team uh, going forward we'll incorporate a lot of measures where people uh, to to up the game we'll amp up the game with respect to preserving our human capital making sure that they are extremely healthy physically mentally on the business side we think recovery will take time april is washed off march half was washed off uh, uh, we believe lockdown uh, measures would should be taken from the broader perspective if it hurts us people like us in the short term uh, we are ready to take that hit uh but what we are focused on is uh, there are some of the things which we could never do as a business because of high growth uh there are these are the things which i mentioned uh, uh in uh, some time ago in the podcast uh we are building those funnels we are doing those projects we are doing some of the things which we never have, would have done uh because things were moving really fast so we are taking that time to kind of uh, do that third is uh, we are reflecting back on our product portfolio there's enough time for research there's enough time to talk to people people are free we can take more advices on the product front so how to how to up the game from that front is something which is going on parallel which my partner is uh, spearheading uh, so these are the things which we are doing but uh, keeping a close eye on how things are going as soon as things are back uh, and caffeine would be back in the market to serve the customers
Right. Uh, thanks, Tarun, for uh, sharing your insights and uh, the sense of optimism as well as you know the uh, insights that you shared on the business. Uh, those have been truly enlightening. Uh, I have personally very like enjoyed the conversation a lot. I think uh, there are good takeaways for me to sort of uh, you know go back and think about uh, even from a consumer tech uh, you know uh, being a product manager in a consumer tech company. Uh, Glad it so, is. Yeah, it's 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 been a wonderful uh, uh, conversation with you. So for our listeners, hope you guys have enjoyed the podcast. You can check us out on deconstruct.in. We are available on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast. Basically, whichever uh, podcast app uh, where you listen to your podcast. And uh, you can also follow us on Twitter if you like. Thanks.